Hey, welcome to the Chess Experience. On this show, it's all about helping adult improvers. I want to make learning chess easier for you to navigate, and I also want you to have a more fun experience along the way. I'm your host, Daniel Lona, a fellow chess amateur. Let's get to it. This show is sponsored by Chess.com, the world's largest chess community. Chess.com recently launched a new way to learn from your games with a feature called Insights. If you visit chess.com slash insights, you can get detailed stats and analysis in any of the time controls you've played and across any time period. What kind of things can you learn? Well, you can learn what time of day do you play your best, morning, afternoon, or night? What part of the game are you strongest or weakest, opening, middle game, or end game? Are you making more or less mistakes than opponents at your level? You can find out all this great info and much more at chess.com slash insights. In today's episode, we have some fun. We'll dive into the chess story of one of the top commentators of world-class chess tournaments and one of the strongest female players in her own right, Keri Tatsalashvili. Keri earned the title Woman Grandmaster in 2010. In recent years, she's been a commentator for some of the biggest chess tournaments for FIDE and chess.com. Just a couple months prior to this recording, she covered the FIDE Grand Prix 2022. Ketty also has a fantastic Twitch channel where she does a nice job of combining entertainment with learning chess. She'll also soon be releasing a group coaching option to work with her, so follow her on Twitter or Twitch to keep an eye out for that. And finally, I want to mention that Ketty, in all of her work, has an incredible positive energy that makes her such a joy to follow. I think you'll hear that and enjoy it in this interview. So no hard learning in today's episode. Just kick back and soak in all the great stories and wonderful energy from Ketty, an inspiring chess coach and commentator. Here's the interview. Enjoy. Hi, Ketty. How are you today? Hello. I am. I'm excited. I'm, um, I'm good. That's great. You told me right before we started, I was going to ask you uh, if you'd done any streaming today. It sounded like you had done a little bit today. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, like six hours. So I had one hour and between just to grab some food and relax a little bit. But you know what? I'm getting so much energy from streaming. That's okay. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Is that typical for you? Like a six hour stream at once? Or do you do short? short? It is? Okay. (laughs) Well, that'll that'll make your followers happy. That's for sure. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Like I usually plan to do like three hours or four hours stream because then I have to do other things too, other recordings and videos and so on. But chess is something that I can so easily get into this. And I want to play more and more and more, solve more puzzles. And then I look at the clock. It's already six or I don't know, even <laughs> late. And there is no sun anymore. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I spent already too much hours. Let's spend more hours here. So that's how it yeah, goes yeah, most of sure. the time. Well, you know, Ketty, I've become a fan of your work over the past year or so or around that amount of time. I I don't know know, if you know much about me, but I was into chess when I was much younger. And then like a lot of people got really back into it about a year and a half ago. 
And uh, I've been watching lots of stuff, you know, like watching all the, you know, world-class chess events and streamers and such. And so that's how I found out about you and uh, everything you're doing. And I think you do a fantastic job. And so I was excited to have you on the show and invite you and and talk about everything that you do. Um, Thank you. I was actually observing you a lot on Twitter. I was looking (laughs) looking at a lot of your posts and I mentioned this earlier because we are not having too much of the uh, positive energy in chess. We don't have enough of that. And that's what I'm having from your work. So I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Oh, to be part thank of you. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do my best, I, the best I can on that front. And uh, yeah, more positivity is always a good thing. Yeah, I'd like to just kind of get a little bit of background on, on your own chess life and learn some of that part of you. So let's just start very simply. When did you first learn to play? I don't remember because <laughs> I play chess since, since I don't know, forever because I'm from Georgia and um, those people who knows what chess means in Georgia, they understand it. Uh, so chess is a game that we play it every evening with great parents, with our parents, with kids. So... We always have open board on the coffee table, other games too. So that was uh, also same in my family. And uh, I remember I was learning the moves and some openings when we had guests. And we had quite a lot of guests coming (laughs) over. And um, it's kind of tradition in Georgia, like when you're preparing food, like it usually is a fresh one when you have uh, guests coming, you have some free time in between like half an hour or 40 minutes. And that's when people are playing chess or other board games. So that's how I remembered at a very early age. Uh, but I started to attend chess classes when I was eight years old together with my schoolmates. We were like three of us and we were, <laughs> we were going to the chess classes. It was such a huge competition between three of us. It was unbelievable. Everybody wanted to win. Then I could like, you know, show off in the class. Like I won this game today. So it was a huge competition back then. Oh, that's amazing. You know, I love hearing about that as someone who's like, kind of, like I said, re-entered into the chess world in the past year and a half. I just recently posted about this on Twitter too, that in in Jennifer Shahade's book, I really gained uh, an appreciation for how much more (laughs) popular and appreciated chess is in so many other countries throughout the world besides, uh, you know, compared to America, at least. And, you know, in Georgia in particular, as she talked about a lot of great chess players from there. And so it's it's really wonderful to get that kind of insight from you, like a single individual just telling their own mm-hmm. experience about chess in Georgia. It just sounds like it's just such such a deep part of the culture. It sounds like almost everybody you knew knew how to play chess. Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. We like in the family, we even had uh, small tournaments. And I can say I was already the champion of the country in youth categories. And I couldn't beat my grandmother. I couldn't beat my brother of my grandmother like everybody plays in my family and uh it's it always has been big competition there that's why it was so interesting for all of us and uh, thanks to my grandmother uh i play chess today because she is a huge fan of chess and get ready for this i'm gonna tell you a very interesting fact about my grandma she yeah. is about 80 years old uh, she left the work some years ago, like four or five years ago. She was working really hard since she was young. 
And the moment she retired from the work, she was registered on chess.com and she plays every day on chess.com. She's a very competitive person and she has a small notebook. I showed that earlier on my Twitter where she keeps uh, her rating. Like she started when her rating was 1,200 and she's improving. And after each game, she's, she's putting down the rating if she gains or if she loses. And then <laughs> when I visit her, uh, she shows me this notebook and she tells me that, oh, I stuck here at the, at the 1,600 rating. I cannot improve. <laughs> what can I do now? <laughs> and so, uh, that's, she plays every day. She made her brother to, register to and they are both playing every day a lot of games on chess.com which is incredible oh that's wonderful that's such a great story i love hearing that <laughs> so like pretty much all her life she just played over the board and now she's getting into online play is that basically what's happening yes when she was working she was working in a huge office with a lot of people they loved to play chess every time i was there there was always just board open there in her office too but now as she's not working she's at home um my grandpa is taking easy on her <laughs> he says that he doesn't <laughs> want to win the games against her and that's where she found it um very interesting to play online against real people she dislikes to play with computer she doesn't like that <laughs> right right oh that's so cool i love that wow so that's such a great insight into like your own just chess life and culture experience just growing up. So you mentioned that around eight years old, you you joined a chess club with your friends and you started being kind of competitive there. When did you first get serious about competitive chess with tournaments? Mm -hmm. uh, so I started at eight, at nine, I was already uh, playing some tournament. And this is a, such a fun story. Uh, my first tournament is in my region and it was like mm, small tournament, I think 11 people overall. And there was, we were two women there. Uh, and I got second place in the women category. <laughs> so I got the last place, but it was still something. I got the diploma and my grandmother was, was telling everybody that I got the medal. I got the second place. And then I remember that my father was like, oh, come on, she's took second place out of two women and she's like who knows about that so that's the, my <laughs> first um my first um, medal or diploma that I got but the first serious competition was under 10 Georgian championship I was not experienced it was something new for me I lost a lot of game games but I saw people I saw kids who were winning and um, I saw that they were getting medals they were getting a lot of gifts and they were getting rights to uh, to compete at European championship and at world championship abroad it, it, by back then it was in Spain and it was in uh, Greece so for me this was something magical to travel for chess tournament and I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna train hard and I want to win this championship next year so that's where it started all oh that's great so yeah so you're about nine years old right at this point mm -hmm. and you decided to get serious about competing in chess obviously you know, from, from that point to today, you've earned the women's grandmaster title, had a mm -hmm. peak rating of 2372, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. Can you take us through some of the highlights of your competitive chess journey from that point where you said around nine years old, where you're getting serious mm -hmm. 
to today where you've, you know, you've, you've reached the heights that you have? Um, yeah, it is very interesting because um, there are kids uh, who are very successful at the early ages. They are talented. I think all the kids are talented and everyone is just very talented. Uh, but they show more. Some people have more luck. Some people have more energy, uh, more education in chess. So for me, it was really tough uh, to compete at the early ages because I was the players, those players who's losing the last very important game and mm. losing all. So like, for instance, you can win the last game and get top three, but you're losing, you're getting getting top, I don't know, 10. And it's really heartbreaking for the kid. And for this reason, very often kids are just stopping playing chess. But I'm, I think I was very lucky just being born in my family. My mom was very supportive to me. Every time I had bad tournament, she was getting me some new fancy book, which was extremely expensive. And she was like, okay, we're going to work on this. I'm going to help you. You're going to learn this book. Um, you're going to read all of this and next year you can also win. Uh, so, um, and it's very important to keep it very positive and not to get jealous to other kids. Cause at my age, when I was losing the games, others were getting medals and a lot of prizes. So it's, I think it's a help of my mom that, um, at some point I, I never gave up and I was always trying to be a uh, best. A version of myself and at the age of 14 there was the only time I could score it I could get the medal uh, but I was I had a lot of tries starting from nine years old that's the first time I played um, world uh, world championship in Greece uh, up to age of 14 it was really tough way for me uh, to go and uh, from the moment I won the first medal uh, it was much easier than you know the the kids think you are very strong and they're a bit scared of you. And um, there are like many kinds of people and I'm this kind of people who wins once more. So when I won one medal, it was like bronze medal at the European Championship. I wanted more. And, uh, <laughs> then I got gold medal at the World Championship. So it was really nice for me. And from that year, uh, after 14 years, up to 18, I was winning a lot of medals. And all these titles came alongside with this um with these uh, championships first was women international title i got that and then it was women grandmaster title as well i was 17 years old when i got my last uh, norm it's not something crazy i did not like uh achieve this at the very early age like other other females did and we know for instance judith polgar and many others uh but um for me, it was fi fine to achieve this title at the age of 17 because um, I don't had too much of the opportunities to play abroad and compete uh, professional level. Right. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's kind of fascinating how we all compare ourselves to different, different people and different mm -hmm. standards as to like what we consider to be impressive or not. But you earned the uh, Women's Grandmaster title at age 17, right? That's what you said? Um, yes, I started to collect the norms. You know, you have to have three norms uh, to get your title. And then you have to have your rating to be at 2300. So I started to collect my um, norms when I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. um, or 15, 16, I think. And then my last norm was at European uh, Individual Championship. That's the, my last tournament that I got my norm. And uh, I became a woman grandmaster. 
That's amazing. See, <laughs> I know that like, you're comparing yourself to like how early you got that compared to some mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. including the, some of the most amazing women players with with the Polgar sisters. But like getting a woman's grandmaster title at age 17 sounds incredible to to my ears. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm like an adult and I'm like just trying really hard this year to see if I can get to 1700 on chess.com. So like getting woman's grandmaster <laughs> title uh, at 17 is like just incredibly <laughs> impressive to me and very young to be able to do that at my, to my ears. I, I, I know that like, you know, we have people nowadays earning just the yeah. just the regular grandmaster title, like at age twelve or thirteen. So you know, it all depends. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I don't even like think about that. I just think, wow, it's seventeen in your WGM, and that's incredible. So <laughs> I guess it's interesting how we compare ourselves. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The thing is that a lot of things are now improved and developed and also the the age of the chess players like they are we have more young and young people getting the titles um but um i became woman grandmaster quite a long time ago <laughs> so <laughs> back then it was very impressive <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i said it's impressive to me i'm sure to a lot of people listening too because my <laughs> you know my uh my listeners are typically you know at about my level or lower they're uh mm-hmm. you know adult improvers uh, maybe Maybe kind of like your your grandma, actually, you know, like at that at that yeah. level. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure they're all impressed as well. So um, that's that's awesome that you did that. Speaking of the Polgar sisters, because mm-hmm. this might be someone you mentioned, I don't know. Who are your role models in chess? That period where you're getting competitive now and you're you're climbing the ladder mm-hmm. and trying to get really good. Who inspired you at that time? Uh, that's the question that I very often get. It. I think all of us gets this uh, get this question, and it's so hard to answer with like one person. But I believe that my uh, role models are from my own family, uh, my queen mother, my mother. Uh, they are r- someone that I wanted wants to be. Um, they don't play that well the chess, but um, they showed me in a many ways how to be um, competitive in a right way. Um, and also, it's so important to have a strong people in just around you. It makes you stronger. Uh, but then I'm from the country where we have two world champions. Anona Kaprindashvili, Maya Chibuda, and those are two names that um, everyone at any age uh, can just can tell you who they are and what they do. Um, so I'm from this country and I have huge influence um, of that. And uh, I think I was among the other girls. We were lucky to have uh, to meet them at the very early age. Um, and those were people from the books, from the photos. And they were real people. <laughs> they were very nice people to us. And um, it's so interesting. All these players, including Polgar, including Pia Kramling. I, I adore Pia. I love how she's playing. Also, her personality is just amazing. Um, those players I know from the books or from the games that my coach was showing to me. And so many years later, I met them in person and uh, with many of them, I'm very in very good relations and uh, we, we very often share some chat and this is different feeling that, wow, some time ago, I thought they were like some people I can never, never t- 
talk and I thought they were not real because the way how they're playing chess is incredible. And then after some years later, I can work with them and I can chat with them. And this is really amazing. So my point is that different age, I had different people that I was really admire. Uh, and um, I think I was trying to get the best from out of these people. Just, I don't have one real uh, role model, but I think that I liked different people for different reasons. And I just wanted to be the same way. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I love that answer. Um, you said something that caught my ear. You said that your, I believe it was your, your mom and people in your family were a role model in part because they taught you how to how to be competitive in the right way mm-hmm. what what was the right way to you that they that they helped you with that uh for instance um there was there was a, uh, situations when i lost my last game it was a very important game for me i lost it i lost it all and um all i wanted was just to to, to cry because i was a kid and to cry it's it doesn't show that you are a weak it's just the emotions you want to let it go uh, and I wanted to, I don't know, maybe walk a little bit or do some other activity. But my mom was always telling me that, no, you're now getting ready. You are getting your best dress, no matter you're getting the platform or not, podium or not. We're going, we're going to support your friends because they got medals. And next year, maybe it will be you. So um, this kind of approach is very important for kids to uh, to appreciate uh, people around you who are very successful and who deserves to win and to get the title. And you never know, you can be the next. And uh, you also get support from your own friends. So it's so interesting. Like I have a lot of chess friends, but it is so competitive. We are in the same age. We play the same tournament and we all want the only one place <laughs> on the gold medal. So this is sometimes quite confusing, especially for kids to find the uh, right way to to uh, compete uh, among your friends. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's a fantastic mm-hmm. lesson. So what would you say is an accomplishment that you're most proud of or one of the most proud of that you've achieved in your competitive chess career? Uh, something that I'm really proud is uh, my world championship title. I I became world champion under 16, and there was a really huge back then. I did it all alone myself without any help of the coach. Wow! Um, and it was 11 rounds. I stand strong for 11 rounds, and that's I think is the biggest thing. Uh, my mom was next uh, on my side, and she was very supportive to me. And that's the, that's something that is the most important for me. And I remember the last round was, uh, the day as my father's birthday. And all I was thinking when I was winning the game, I was like, okay, I'm going to win this game. I'm going to call to my father and I'm going to tell him that I'm a world champion. And that's the, that's the gift from me to him. And, um, for many years, we're celebrating two, two things at the one, one day, my father's birthday and also the anniversary sorry of my title and my father <laughs> said that um that's the best gift that he ever ever uh give uh, t- uh yeah or ever take um uh, from anyone and um yeah my father is also a huge supporter for me um for my chess career oh that's amazing i love that yeah. that's a great story so 
you know, you had this amazing competitive chess career in your youth mm -hmm. as a teenager and kid. When did you start doing chess commentary, for especially for like these world-class chess tournaments? How did that come about and, and when did that happen for you? Um, actually, my chess career ended when I was 18 years old. And I cannot say now I am... I'm that competitive as I used to. I just love to do it. I just love to play. I love to win. Um, <laughs> and my chess, professional chess career ended back then. And I faced that. And I admit that sometimes some people just have difficulties to admit that it's just over there. It's fine to be over. But then yeah. something new started. So why it ended at the age of 18? That's the year I year I won um, some, some, I think I won European championship and I became also the, I was also already the woman grandmaster. So it should be the start of the new career. Like it should be the first step of something big. Uh, but then I decided to study. Uh, so I decided to study at the university for four years and I was very serious about that. And I wanted to have a high scores and a good GPA to just have the scholarship And um, what I was studying, it was very interesting for me. And I was among very interesting people and I loved it. I loved this period, but it was four years. So um, whenever you have four years of the break, of the gap from chess, it's really hard to come back. And I realized that, that okay, I have to just admit that it's, it's just done there, but I can find something, uh, something else and chess can be still there. So then there was the Tournament World Cup in Georgia, in Tbilisi. And um, they, just, they just called uh, on my phone. I was at the cafe with my friend just talking. It was a beautiful day. And they said from Federation that, uh, can you very quickly get in here at the tournament? And I was like, okay, what's going on? And it's like, we cannot explain, just get in here. So it turned out that they had only one commentator. I don't know why they had only one commentator. And it was very hard for, for this commentator to sit there for like six, seven hours and all, look for all these games. And they said like, okay, let's, uh, let's have someone. And I don't know, they just got me there. And um, I was sitting for, I remember I was sitting for five hours. Uh, my co-commentator... Um, was talking a lot about chess and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I was so bored. I was so, so bored. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know who are this, there, these people there. So four years being out of chess completely was really dif difficult for me to come back. And um, then after some time, they asked me just to stay there for several more days and um, yeah, they will, they will do best for me and this kind of talks, you know. And, yeah. um, then I liked it. I liked it very much, um, to do this work. And it turned out that I stayed for this tournament for 21 days in a row. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> out of nowhere, I got there and it was the World Cup in 2017 in Tbilisi. And from that moment, uh, in the end of the tournament, I was getting so much invitations that I just realized that half of a year I had until the summer was already booked for the commentaries. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm very deep in here. So let's, let's, let's just do it. And I'm doing it uh, since, uh, since 2017. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's month. 
That's an incredible story. So <laughs> well, I don't know. They got me in here. <laughs> so you, you were attending this tournament not to compete, but just to like, right? Absolutely were, no. Right. You no. were just you were just you were just a spectator. You were just like meeting up with friends and No, such. not really. I did not really care about that. I was just I was meeting my friend, my, not chess right. friend, my university friend at the cafe in Georgia. I love this cafe. I love to spend time there and I just got a call from my federation. And they said, like, we just look for a person who speaks English and who knows chess. <laughs> they had not much of the choices. So uh, there was a World Cup, which means that the best of the best people are playing there. So it was uh, so strong competition that Magnus Carlsen was kicked out from the first round. Oh, wow. uh, I remember that. And um, the World Cup is something that you have a lot of players at the beginning. And it's a knockout system. So in the end of the day, you have only two players. And there was a day 21, I remember. We had only Ding Liren and Levon Oronian. And I was already very much interested into the competition and also into the commentary. So yeah, it just happened like this. That's amazing. So you, it's like yeah. the right place and the right time. And they, they asked you to do commentary. You were available because you were there meeting with friends. And, yes. and, and then when you gave the commentary, they really appreciated how well you did it. Right. And then you, you got invitations from other. Other, yes. other organizers that's incredible that's incredible yeah this is really nice this is really nice how it went uh, all the way i can i can say it was not that easy i'm laughing right now it, it was not nice at all like because when i started to do this uh commentary i got a really tense feedback mm. from the people who were watching and they were considering me as just just the aesthetic side of the commentary because there was a great master who was very deep into the commentary and I'm just I was just suggesting some moves and it was very hard for me to get into the uh, conversation uh, and it took me about like three to five days together with the producer how to work on it because people were really hard on me like they were um mm. they were writing really mean comments and i could see it uh live mm. um and i didn't know that i had this option not to say the comments because i was i was looking at the screens there <laughs> <laughs> and at some point the producer realized that they had to shut down the com the chat uh section and just let me to work and yeah. um yeah, it was quite tough. It was quite tough. Uh, we were finding some way to meet to get interrupted because, uh, you know, it's um, not easy to get into the conversation when it's a commentary work. And um, it took some days. It took like five days to make people like me. So <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's not too so long, long at the end of the day. Yeah, that's... that's yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's incredible. I, you know, I want to talk soon more about your, the, the commentary experience and what goes into that from mm -hmm. a chess perspective, because I'm really fascinated by that. You're the first person I've had a chance to speak with, I believe, who's done as much commentary as you have. There's been some others I think who've done a bit, but I mean, not to the extent that you do. But before we dive into that, just one more question. So on sort of like the journey uh, of your commentator career, like, so take us from there to, to right now. So like right now you are doing commentary for chess.com and Fide, mm -hmm. I believe, as well. Like, what's your um, uh, commentator career look like right now? Um, I'm very happy to uh, to work 
with all the companies because it's a really different experience. Uh, with FIDE, I work the official tournaments or at the tournaments, like whatever it happens, I'm there. So I have opportunity to meet chess players in, per in, in person. I have opportunity to speak with them and get the interview. And after all, we can all have dinner together and always chat a little bit. So this is, uh, this is a very nice experience for me. Uh, and then I uh, ha also have the opportunity to, um, to work online with chess.com and to have different kind of interaction here with the, one of the best commentators, um, and the chess players and one of the best team that I have worked with. Uh, and it's kind of different, um, a different perspectives for me and two different ways uh, for me. And I can say that I enjoy both equally. Like I like to go to the tournaments and just to have this interaction with, uh, with people. And I also like just to work from home and just uh, work online. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're doing commentary for the highest level tournaments in the world in chess. And um, I'm kind of curious about the, how you, speak to the audiences for that mm -hmm. because on the one side of it you have the highest level of chess on the board yes. that you are analyzing and commentating on and on the other side you have what i imagine is a wide range of skill levels amongst your mm -hmm. audience some people are title players all, all, all the way up to that height but i imagine uh, a very large segment of your audience is nowhere near titled players and their skill ability so mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Let's just start with that. Like, what? Who do you try to speak to from like a skill level perspective? Are you speaking to people who uh, are kind of intermediates? So are you speaking mm -hmm. trying to, to explain the games to people who are more advanced than that, less advanced? Like, who do you imagine you're speaking to? Uh, you know, when we have thousands of people watching uh, the same show, you cannot just focus on one rate, rating range or two you have to just speak <laughs> generally but i know for sure there will be not like super good masters watching but they <laughs> actually do you know it they actually oh, wow, watch yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> so um chess is this uni chess can be universal you can just talk universal language um there are some people who don't know the addresses of the square of the board that's fine yeah. um there are some people who knows that and who knows a bit more but you have to speak in in between there so it's always good to have like um the balance of the commentators uh so one can speak more like easy language and other can speak more like expert um and then it's pretty much is dependent how these two people or three people are working so it should be a team and it should be for for everyone because you know there are people watching watching this and enjoying this and maybe they don't even have any rating but they still want to watch this and we always welcome new people and we like to see more and more people uh in chess so um and always we have this kind of uh roles uh, in the commentary so uh, there is a grandmaster who has a role to show us these crazy very meaningful lines and also the theory and very often i'm a host which means that i have to control more where the things goes which direction things goes and just to be more general rather than to be specific so yeah it it requires work every day and every day is a new experience so you can always improve it. 
when you are analyzing the games and you have in mind, say, you know, more amateur players, club level mm-hmm. players, how do you go about that uh, in terms of explaining the game to them? Do you try more consciously than when you know you're trying to yeah. maybe speak to that audience to, to make things more simple? Uh, my approach is to be as natural as possible because um, I might be stronger chess player than uh, the average of the uh, viewers, but I also make mistakes. Uh, and um, I'm not really afraid to make some mistakes because this is quite, uh, it's possible to, to be done it. So then people find themselves more related to you. And uh, yeah, to be honest, there is many cases when I would never do it on the board in my game, but I'm showing this um, during the stream because someone can do it. So we have to show why it's so bad, why not to do it. Um, right. And yeah, you can, when, you, when you're a commentator, when you're a host of the show, you can just um, make, make it up by, by yourself and just make it more interesting for, for everyone. So um, it's good to show the side of of your knowledge what you know and to share it if you know and if you don't know you can always improvise it and just think like everyone does so and what's very important uh for for people who are listening this is that very often we're not we actually not often look at the engines when you're in the process you just ignore that unless it's something like huge blunder or something and you are pretty much trying to find by yourself all these ideas and the moves which is a big chance that you can make a mistake which people can relate themselves because they also think the same way so there can be some connections they can also find the moves best moves and when they this also match then they are really um grateful and they're writing in the chat that they found this one uh so it's 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 a lot of process and uh, every day is a different day so yeah, you mentioned like explaining why certain moves or lines would be a mistake. I find that's really helpful because I think those are the ones that a lot of your audience might gravitate towards or the, the mistake mm-hmm. moves or they don't understand why why you can't, you know, make move X or move Y. Yeah. You know, to an amateur club player, it might look like that's a it's an obvious option or something like that. So I really appreciate when you when you do um you know, explain why explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why you explain why this isn't an option or why this wouldn't work, even if it might seem like something that's appealing mm-hmm. is, that, is that part of how you always feel like you approach it is to at least occasionally explain the lines that don't work um uh, to be honest it uh, came out of the experience it came because i have done this work uh with many people and very often this can be also the um the help of the producer or the team that i'm working just uh just telling you just hinting you you can focus on about this. It's okay to talk about this and explain because um, when there is some certain position, there is so obvious moves that you will not make, but people don't understand that. And you have to explain why it's so bad. Um, and for me, all this experience and the people that I'm working gives me this sort of hints what I should talk next. And also the uh, the practice I'm getting from recording videos for daily puzzles on chess.com um, helped me a lot uh, because um, mm. the work I did before I started in June last year, it was, uh, it was just for the, um, I think, higher level 
who founds not so hard to solve the puzzles, but there are the other people who doesn't understand why not this check? Why don't you take a quid? So there was a lot of <laughs> questions and I didn't know that I was just recording the videos, daily puzzles, as I thought it was just a way like it should be. And then I started to stream during my uh, chess streams. And uh, we even now, like yesterday, we had daily puzzles um, uh, day, the special day that we only solve the puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when I was asking my viewers what should be the candidate move, what should be the first move, I understood that they are uh, they are tons of moves they are they are interested in, and they want to know why this move is not so good. And it's quite logical actually. And I was like, wait, why did I record this? It's so logical <laughs> move. It's check, and I'm saying that you have to give a check. So the, all this process, working on these daily puzzles and recording them. Also, just to have this interaction with the people who actually solve that every day and they are on my channel and I know what they want to see and what they want to hear from this analysis. It helps me then also for the work, for the commentary, because those are most of the people and I love my chat. They are always there, (laughs) whatever I do, they are always there. They're always supporting me and I know what they want to know, what they need to learn. And there are also other people at the almost the same uh, level. So uh, yeah, I think this process and all these different things helped me pretty much to improve um, on, on my work as a commentator. Yeah, that's that's really great insight. I was going to ask you a question similar to that. What you said about how your chat on your streams helps you kind of understand the mindset of your viewers and the kinds of things that they need help with. I was going to ask you if your coaching experience has helped with that. Mm-hmm. I imagine it does, but it sounds like your experience streaming has uh, kind of provided that similar insights that I was I was thinking about from your coaching experience. Yes, yes. Uh, I do love coaching. I love when I just explain some some variations, some openings, uh, because uh, when I was a kid, I was pretty much um, missing that, like, why this movie is so good? Because I've been told this movie is good, but then I don't even have time to think of it because my coach was moving around and going already to the uh, other lines because I was attending classes with 20 people in the same class and, you know, there are different levels. Uh, so I really like to explain each move and just to make people to understand chess better, to like chess better. You don't necessarily need to be a world champion or a grandmaster or to have rating. You just can enjoy it. Just just enjoy the game, play in your, um, with your kids, in your family or just online. You can also play with uh, your co-workers. So you should have your own goal and uh, whatever your goal is, just you have to enjoy it. And um these chess classes uh, are also very interesting because I have students at any level, at a, any age, and this is so interesting. It is super ex- interesting for me to see how uh, what is the difference between, uh, for instance, uh, the adult, grown-up adult, how they are thinking, what's the process of thinking, how they can remember the things, and also the kids, how they can remember. And the kids are so precious ones. They are so <laughs> funny. They have their own ideas, how to remember the things. So all of this, uh, in the end, gives an experience. And, um, yeah, and you can use this in, in your work. So Yeah, 
Yeah, that's great. I was just going to ask you uh, maybe one or two more questions about your commentator role, because I think it's so interesting and fascinating. You do such a great job with it, too. Um, (laughs) I mean, how do you see your role as a commentator? Is it simply to help the viewers understand what's happening on the board? I mean, obviously, that has to be one of the goals. But is it just that? Or do you also see yourself as uh, trying to uh, maybe occasionally entertain the audience or make it fun or, or things like that? Or is it is it is the primary focus just we need to explain what's happening on the board? Uh, first of all, what I can say is that uh, commentary is something that I enjoy very much. So um, when you enjoy something really, really much, then things are very natural and things are coming naturally, like jokes. And also it can be super serious sometimes. Um, and all these things are just natural when you enjoy, if you enjoy the process. Um, For me, I love to find a balance. That's actually what I had today uh, during my stream. Um, I was streaming for like two hours and we were trying to solve chess studies. We call that also etudes, chess etudes. And um, it's very hard to focus on chess, like purely chess for hours and hours. And very often we work for six, seven hours. That's how long one can game can last. So um, I cannot believe that I can talk about chess. It can be always very serious. It can be also fun. And you can always find a good balance with that because your viewers want to relax a bit. He <laughs> want to relax a bit too. And also your partner needs to relax a little bit. So very often we are bringing some topics that you can just chat and we yeah. can just... It's always around chess. It can be, I don't know, food maybe, like which food, which snacks is good to take uh, <laughs> during the game. Like you cannot really take your main course there. <laughs> it's routine, right? But you can take something that helps you to keep the energy or some funny situations during the chess game. So uh, we are, we have been ta- told to do so at some point when it's like really long because we are also getting tired and it's quite visible on the screen that uh, the commentators are tired because it's 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 a lot of work a lot of hours yeah. a lot of talking a lot of game and uh you have to be focused all the time like you cannot just you know just sit there and think about something else you are <laughs> you are six hours focused on the chess game so it's quite hard for me it's even harder than i play chess i when i play chess i love hmm. the process because it's my game I am fully there in my game and I know that after some hours it's going to end and that's going to be game over. So tomorrow I'm going to have next game. But when I do the commentary, very often we have more than 10 games and you have to go very deep in these games too and focus in these games too. So it's harder to think and harder to be focused on, on one thing. So balance Good balance is the key points for me. It can be heavy chess. It can be heavy theory. It can be some uh, funny lights. It can be, I don't know, good looking uh, uh, variations. And then at some point, it should be some soft talks, just like just yeah. general talks uh, with a with a co-commentator or also with the chats. Very often we are getting um, interacted by the chat and we're just answering them. But so we have a lot of hours to work and it's good to have a good balance. Yeah, those are great insights. And that's fascinating that you said that commentating on a, you know, say a multi-hour chess game is harder than playing one yourself. That makes sense, though. You're, you're right. Um, mm-hmm. But I hadn't thought of it that way. And so even the entertaining parts that you have are, are for yourself as much as the audience, just to take a little bit yeah. of a mental break to um, yeah. uh, from, from the intensity of analyzing. 
you know, I've seen, I've seen you commentate with a lot of different people. I was watching one recently with uh, you and mm-hmm. Anna Rudolph for, um, for the FIDE <laughs> Grand Prix when uh, uh, games between uh, Wesley So and Hikaru. And yeah. um, I thought that was such a great example, the two of you interacting together. Uh, she, she's <laughs> one of my favorite streamers as well. So maybe I'm biased that, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy <laughs> listening to both of you. But I, I, I think that you both just like interacted really well. And, and I can exactly. tell you one secret, one secret from from the you know insights of yeah, yeah. our team. Yeah, go for it. Uh, <laughs> so funny. I love to work with Anna. I just love to work this commentary. And when you are lucky to have a co-commentator who has the same vibes, it's just amazing. Yeah. So um, he, yeah, I had the opportunity to do it twice, I think, or three times. And uh, we're working with other people. So, for instance, we have producer in the same call. And our producer, Big, probably can uh, hear this story uh, and can <laughs> hear this broadcast. And he, at some point, he's like, wow, you girls, either you have really good vibes and you're bonding well, or you're faking it so well that I cannot see that this is not <laughs> real. Because uh, even also the breaks, we're talking like endlessly. And he was like, okay, girls, we have to go back to stream. And then in the end of the day, he was like, okay, you are either really good together and you have vibes or you're just faking it. And I don't know. I don't know it. <laughs> well, it seemed real from where I was, I was sitting. Yeah. yeah, you two had like great chemistry together i should petition chess.com to like have you two be an official team together uh, let's go yeah <laughs> uh such a great interaction but yeah i was thinking like in the, in those instances where you where you work together like you mm-hmm. did such a great balance between just having fun, <laughs> fun asides or stories and you know like serious analysis it was like such a great back and forth so, yeah oh one last story one last story about sure, yeah, this yeah. um so there was this this game which you mentioned uh, at the Grand Prix. It was the shortest day. I really wanted to work with Anna longer time, but it was like half an hour. The game was over. Yeah. And uh, at some point we started to talk and our producer was writing to us like, get to the chess part. And, <laughs> and we were still talking, talking, talking. And at, at the break, our producer was like, wow, you girls are talking about chess, not even making the moves. How are you doing this? <laughs> so we realized that we're talking, we're doing the commentary without even moving the pieces, which is uh, so, so ridiculous. But I think it's just, um, you cannot really plan these kind of things yeah. uh, when it's online. You can plan something, it can be really good, but some some things are just, you know, vibing there and it's it's always good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, that sounds impressive to me to do the commentary without <laughs> without needing to move pieces on the board. So, what are the what are the next chess events that you'll be doing commentating for that we can look forward to? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tournament that I will be competing over the board. I that comes right now in two weeks. I'm very much excited with that. And during this time when I'm playing chess, I am fully focused. I will be playing chess after like two years of a break. I really want to reach my rating to 2400 um, uh, and get my last norms for international master because I started to collect the norms and stopped in the way because COVID started. Um, and also very often uh, there is a, a huge talk about my rating in the chat mm. and I'm taking that as a challenge. You want me to have higher rating? You're going to get that. But I need to play chess for this too. So I plan to play over the board chess, which is going to start soon. 
It's going to last for uh, nine rounds, and I'm very much excited for, for that. And um, then will be a lot of events coming up, um, and probably I will be pretty much busy in summer also to do commentary, or if I don't have a commentary, then I will just play as much chess as possible. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, that was, um, sorry, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you is, uh, you know, I know you're continuing your um chess competition and i was impressed with that just because it seems like you're so busy with the commentating so you're going for 2400 that's the goal right that is the goal um on my wall right now i can see that <laughs> there is a small sticker which says international master kit <laughs> oh, so, great. that's my coach um Oh, one of my best coaches i was working with him some time ago and he told me just just put create a goal for yourself what you want to achieve by these trainings for now and um then write down put on the wall and watch on that like look at that every day and work hard to achieve this so i have this sticker here for like two years already <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, i really want to reach that that title because yeah why not yeah. Uh, and 2400 rating is something also quite quite high um and um i don't have a goal to become a world champion for now for sure earlier i really wanted but now my uh, goals are more realistic and i think i can achieve that so yeah that's amazing that's awesome <laughs> all your subscribers and followers on twitch are they always cheering you on for that Oh, yes, they are people who are supporting me so much. And I feel this. I'm so grateful um, uh, with them. And I'm so happy that I started to stream to meet these people. And um, I totally feel what Hikaru very often says about his streaming career, about the chat, how much energy he's getting, how much supporting uh, support he's getting. And mm -hmm. actually, it's not only the comments. It's not only that they are everywhere where I go. They are always there. I commentate or I play there always watching the games but also they support me very much for for instance now um I uh, my laptop died for some time ago and I had some difficulties to um make it work it was quite weak for chess programs and uh, the, uh, we put up the donation goal and my my viewers my subscribers helped me to get um to find to get this donation goal um competed and now i'm gonna get new laptop and i'm gonna take this laptop uh, with me at the tournament so i will be working on chess and i will be also of course streaming from that laptop so actually it's a huge huge support that i'm feeling from my viewers and i'm i'm grateful for that and yeah. i feel lucky <laughs> yeah that's amazing that's amazing i love that as far as world-class chess events that you'll be commentating on what's what's next in line for you for that what's coming up in the next I don't know, either this year or several months? Uh, I do want to uh, to work on the Olympiad, which will be happening in India. I have a special bonding with India and Indian chess fans. Um, um, this is something very special and I always feel being supported by by them and I have a lot of Indian friends uh, chess players that I love to work with and I've been twice there already for chess competition uh, in Chennai this if I go this time it will be third time so I really want to work at the Olympiad but it's really um, after
after some time. So I think there before before this tournament, there is other events coming up. Uh, so I'll be busy with that. Uh, it's quite hard to speak in advance because um, the chess competitions are. It's a different system. Like mm. um, you probably not book uh, your dates for like one year in advance, or I don't know five year uh, five months in advance. It can happen like one week before. So I like this kind of challenges. Um, and whatever will be on the way before Olympiad, I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna commentate on the way. But my biggest um, uh, goal now is to work at the Olympiad, which will happen in, in uh, summer in Chennai. So I know you have a good amount of experience coaching both kids and adults. And um, it sounds like you've done a fair amount of coaching for adults as well. This is kind of a broad question. So anything that comes to your mind, because my audience is adult improvers, you've coached them. Is there anything that stands out for you as a piece of advice that mm -hmm. you think would be helpful for them? Uh, yeah, first of all, my f the important point for adult chess improvers is to enjoy the process. Uh, that's the most important. Um, you have to find it like useful. You should not really like um, get sad or get heartbroken when you're losing. It's quite a process. You have to enjoy also the studying process. You're not going to win the games after one class or two. You have to work really hard on it. And when you enjoy the process, then working hard will change with a different word. So I think you just need to enjoy the process. And another thing that I have to, I have to do here and use this chance yeah. um, is that because of my work, um, it has been quite some tournaments that I have not um, had any coaching session yet. Um, uh, during this uh, period, and I'm getting a lot of mails every day and messages about the uh, classes and the coaches, and I cannot even have time to respond them back. But uh, then I came up with the idea to create the classes for uh, for any level. Uh, it can be group classes, and instead of one to one class, many people can enjoy it and can learn. A lot about this so this is the project that i'm also working on right now uh how it should look um what can be the whole process of it so um yeah i'm i'm going to do this too and for this period at least like three four months it was quite hard for me to um divide my time from commentary streaming also working i'm also working on the videos mm -hmm. for chess.com uh and to have the uh classes it was quite hard for me to find a balance but um yeah and yeah back to your question it's really important to enjoy every moment you are spending for chess yeah yeah absolutely well First, enjoying the chess is something that that's critical to getting better uh, for adults because, yeah, I know they can be really hard on themselves, <laughs> especially with losing yeah. or if they see their rating not going up quickly enough, they tend to kind of get disheartened and, and discouraged. And so, yeah, doing things that, that help them enjoy it and just focusing on enjoying is, is great advice. And yeah, and your, your, your group classes sound fantastic. Can't wait till mm -hmm. that comes out. Can't wait. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll spread the word when it happens. So let me know and I'll share it. 
Uh, you might Thank even see you. me in there. That's possible too. <laughs> cool. That's that's really nice. Um, I really enjoy the process itself. Like I, I'm getting maybe too enthusiastic when I'm explaining something. And very often people are like, well, when you're showing these lines, it's easy. But when I have to play, <laughs> nothing like that. So um, it's, it's a whole process uh, that you have to you know, go through. And um, even the strongest chess players, Magnus Carlsen is 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 learning new things every day or remembering new things. So it's not something like you learn this and you are you're done there. You you're good already. So you have to improve every day. You have to train, you have to do a lot of puzzles, you have to know what's going on in the theory. So it's the work of every day. You cannot say like, okay, I'm gonna take now 10 classes and then I will improve my chess. <laughs> no, you have to do it. And that's why you need to enjoy the process. If you don't enjoy the process, then you will stop doing it at some point. So yeah. If you really like to do it, if you like to solve the puzzles and watch the games, watch the commentary, that's going to help you to improve slowly, 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 but surely. <laughs> yeah, excellent points. Finally, uh, you have an awesome Twitch channel. We've talked about it a couple of times. It's come up already um, in this interview. <laughs> Can you tell people listening just a little bit about what you offer on your Twitch channel? Yeah, my Twitch channel is very important for me. I just learned it. I knew it, but now I had like one week off from streaming and from work because I was feeling not uh, healthy and I needed this time to just recover uh, with my health. And I just realized that I miss it. I love to do it. And <laughs> I have to do it as, as much as possible, as, as quickly as possible. So what you can see at my Twitch channel is a lot of positivity, first of all, awesome. a lot of talks around the chess, around the countries, around the culture, because what's really important, it's not only about chess. Uh, chess can bring us into different countries. I have friends around the world. It's always good to share these cultural things. And very often we even teach each other how to say the words in different languages. And the music is so important. Like they are suggesting <laughs> some of their uh, national uh, music or dances. And we're spending really good time. That's why I'm spending six hours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the time is running so, so much. But then in the end of the day, I'm a chess player. It makes me feel really good when I'm talking chess because I know it. And it's always good to speak about the subject you know, right? So it makes me really good um, to talk about chess as well. And it's always a good mix of um, some competitive chess because I also play against my viewers and I never, never go easy on them. I always <laughs> nice. try to beat them and can get so competitive sometimes. Um, then we're solving a lot of puzzles and I'm sharing my experience with what's the techniques that I'm using. And then it can be like, I always have different um, kind of aspects and uh, one day is for this, another day is uh, for another topic. So um, yeah, it's pretty much of educational, also just for fun and also, also to competitive chess too. We have chess tournaments, arenas running with some prizes. So it's a lot of things, a lot of things. Together. That's great. That's great. I love mm -hmm. it. I love that you led with the positivity too. That's fantastic. There's not <laughs> enough of that in chess as we talked about. There yeah. needs to be more. So uh, that's great. You know, I, I know this isn't like directly about chess, but one thing that I noticed you did not long ago was that you just had a, um, just like a regular chat stream where mm -hmm. people could just chat with you about anything. It didn't have to be chess. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was mm -hmm. great because to, I mean, I feel like 
I mean, I get it. A lot of chess streamers do chess on their streams, and that's appropriate, and that's what's being offered. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I feel like some of the people I follow is like you never get to just interact with them. It's always mm -hmm. just like blitz games and puzzles, and mm -hmm. that's that. Like I said, that that's good too. But sometimes you just like want to get to know the the streamer a little bit as a person and connect with them. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes everything else better. I, make, I think that makes then when you go back to chess even better with them. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciated that you did that. I just wanted to mention that, that, that you did like a stream just, just to chat about anything with your audience. That was great. Yeah, I, I like it. I like to connect with people. I do love when uh, I have interaction with the people. Uh, very often I've received some messages like, oh, I saw you at the tournament. I wanted to approach you and talk with you or make a photo with you, but I wasn't shy. But for me, it's, 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 it's just okay. For me, it's very natural to talk with the people. And I love this. And um, also... Um, very often we do have some hangouts on Discord call and we play some other games too besides the streaming. So I think we are really, we ha have this really nice community, which you can always, you know, relay on and just call them friends. Um, and uh, you just, you can just uh, hang out with them. And also I have received some of the messages from people like, for instance, like, Oh, I came here for chess. <laughs> Where's chess board? <laughs> but, you know, everyone can do a lot of things, a lot of things. So if I feel like I want to talk about something, that's why I started this talk. And, um, at some point I will, I will feel like I will, uh, I want to do something else and then we will switch to. So I don't feel like, uh, forced to do things because uh for me streaming is just a component of of my work mm -hmm. and uh it's something that helps me to improve my work i know what people wants to hear i know what's the uh the level of these people of my viewers um and as a commentator i think improved a lot and also as a uh just content creator for for chess i think it helped me big time to um, to improve because I have this direct contact with people. The viewers, I know what they want and what's their level. So um, yeah, this is just a component of my work and I always take it as, uh, as just um, like semi-fun, semi semi-professional um, and just a tool to spend really good time. So for instance, we have after parties very often I can work at the Grand Prix for uh, six hours, five hours, and then have two hours of after party. <laughs> and uh, I might want to speak about the chess games. Maybe I don't want to speak about chess <laughs> games. So right. if you want to watch it, stay with me. If you don't want to watch, I cannot ask anyone to spend time with me because, you know, time is so precious thing. It just runs so fast. If you feel that you want to spend your time for something else, you have to leave right now. If you feel like you want to spend time with me because that's what you like, then stay <laughs> with me. So this is so simple. Like if you come here to see chess and you don't see chess, you just see some woman talking about something, <laughs> then leave me, go to the other channels. We have so many streamers, so many dedicated streamers who are giving you such a nice um I don't know, such nice things about chess and you can enjoy that. Uh, that's what I do very often. Like if I want to see chess, I'm going directly to the platforms when I can see chess. And if I want to have some fun time, just relaxing time, I know where to go. So this is free choice. 
uh, and we are free to do what we want to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a good point about time, though. I'd say that yeah. um, any any opportunity to to watch your streams will will be a guaranteed good time for sure. Um, <laughs> I've, I've watched a lot of them, and, and they're all excellent. You're welcome. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, last question is the most important one. You showed me um, an alligator uh, when we talked before this. <laughs> that you have Lizzie, we have Lizzie. a name. <laughs> Lizzie, yes, Lizzie the alligator uh, that you have on your stream in the background. What's mm -hmm. what's the story behind Lizzie the alligator? Oh, Lizzie the alligator. So, um, it's 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 a long story, but it's related with chess, of course. Uh, and there was a commentary that I was working for long hours, a lot of hours. And at some point, I wanted to explain Perth Bishop, the strength of the Perth Bishop. They were a bit passive on the back rank, but they were targeting at some some points. So I said, like, they are just like crocodile eyes, just looking for the mm. victims. Whenever <laughs> they come on the way, they are going to be very active and they will come up from the water. And it turned out that I made some, funny um, movement and action with my eyes. I don't know. Just, I, I was too much into this and the chat clipped it and they were, they were crazy about these crocodile eyes. <laughs> and then we had this crocodile theme. So um, they were like, okay, we have to get some crocodiles. <laughs> so I bought, I bought this crocodile and they said that we have to give a name now and it looks pretty much like lizard. So because it looks like lizard, we give... Uh, her name Lizzie, and you know what? Lizzie gonna have its own show oh. <laughs> at Chess Kid. This is something new. This is something new which just happened, and I'm so excited. Uh, I do love Chess Kids. Uh, I think it's a great platform, not only for kids, for chess beginners, because everything is well detailed, well explained. It's in funny ways too. So. Me and Lizzie are going to be uh, part of it at some point and we're going to do uh, some work there. And I am very, very much excited and looking forward to that. Oh, that is so much fun. I love it. I love <laughs> that it's going to be on, on uh, chesskid.com. That's amazing. Uh, and I'll be more accurate. So it's, it's not an alligator, it's a crocodile. So Lizzie the, the crocodile. Um, <laughs> now I know the story and I don't think I'll be able to look at a bishop pair the same way again. <laughs> then you are one of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's been so much fun chatting with you today, Ketty. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all your stories and your wisdom. Um, I think you do an amazing <laughs> job for commentating for chess events, for, for these world-class chess events. You, you, you do such a good job breaking things down. You make it fun and entertaining. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> your Twitch stream is fantastic. And I will petition chess.com to have you and Anna be an official duo of commentators because I think hey. <laughs> it worked perfectly together. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you so, so, so much for having me here to give me a chance to share my thoughts and share my, my history about chess. I feel very special about this. Um, there are a lot of people who achieved huge. Uh, but uh, for me, what I have achieved is that I enjoy my work, I enjoy my life. And that's, I think, very important in life 
to reach this point. And when you enjoy your work and when you enjoy everything you do, then you can make others happy too. So I uh, thank you so much. I see you also enjoyed to be in chess world. <laughs> and thanks a lot once again for, for this positivity that you are uh, spreading around the chess world because we really need that. We do love dramas. There are so many chess drums around. <laughs> we cannot live without it. I also like... Well, I don't like it, but I, I I don't know how what's my opinion with that. But um, what we are really missing is a lot of positive things, a lot of love in just word, and you are you are providing this. So thank you so 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 much for this. Ah, well, that means so much to me coming from you, Keddie. It really <laughs> does because I look up to you. I look up to everything that you're doing in the chess world. Um, so thank you very much for the kind words. And again, thank you so much for being on the show. Maybe one day again, I can have you back on. We'll talk some more. But for now, I'm sure everyone will love this episode. <laughs> and thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of my business, Adult Chess Academy. And that has a website with the same name if you want to look for it. You can also find me being way too active on Twitter by searching my username, Lona underscore chess. See you next week.